Welcome to Do The Right Film. My name is Sean. My name is Steve. Alright, so this is going to be a very unique episode. Uh, as you can tell, Shomo and uh, Harvey, they're not here. From what I understand, Harvey is out gambling his uh, life savings away. That's what I heard. Yep, he's in uh, Mohegan Suns. Is that what it is? Mohegan Suns in Connecticut. Just so, wait. That's a real place? I thought you were making that up. No, that's a real place. It's a real casino in Connecticut. Uh, Shomo, he's probably working, but uh, he wasn't able to join us tonight just because I think he's going camping uh, this weekend, so he's getting shit ready. Yeah. Yeah, getting ready for the wilderness, and uh, you're going with him, right? I think so. (laughs) Question mark? I'm going (laughs) to make sure that he doesn't die because from what I've been told is I'm a survival expert. Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because you don't have shit. Oh, yeah, I keep asking you for things. and You're, You, like, asked me for a windbreaker. <laughs> I asked you uh, for, like, a, a shirt. What else did you ask me for? A sleeping bag? A sleeping bag. Like, Dude, where am I going to pop this shit out my ass? I don't, <laughs> I don't have a sleeping bag I'm in New really, York. I'm really hoping that either you or your uh, your your girlfriend uh-huh. has one of those things. Speaking of, uh, we do have a guest today. That's we why th- they pay me. Just wait. That's why they pay me the big bucks, by the way. Yes, that is why. But, uh, yeah, so we do have a guest. Uh, she goes by the name of Emily. Um, is it uh, Emily Roldan or Rodriguez these days? Um, it's uh, it's it's Rodriguez. Oh no, wait, it's Roldan. Roldan. Okay, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Um, <laughs> Just wait. How you been saying it? Roldan. Roldan. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have an accent? I have no idea. <laughs> Who are you? There's, a, there's some weird things it's in New York. It's actually like more like a role, like Roldan. Yeah. Roldan. Roldan. But anyways, welcome. First time uh, guest on the podcast. And uh, we uh, we're actually roommates. We live together in the yeah. same apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, how she introduced herself. Emily, by the way, Emily has actually been talked about on this podcast. Uh, good thing she doesn't really listen to it too often, just because uh, there's been it's some boring. I'm sorry. That too. There's been some uh, false <laughs> statements possibly from me about you. Just saying. So now you're intrigued. Now you have to go back and listen. Yeah. Now you have to. But anyways, uh, should be a fun episode. Yes. We're gonna drop the topic this week. We're gonna do something else. And um, we're going to do some news bits, I guess. Be interesting. We'll just get some uh, around-the-table opinion. And uh, I don't know. Did I mention you, what movie we were reviewing? No, you didn't. And okay, then I, wanted to, I yeah. wanted to get to the, the introduction first. But um, So, yeah, we're actually going to do a little bit different review as well. We're not doing a theater review. We're doing a Sundance hit, which is Mandy. It is probably the most talked-about Sundance movie in years. It's weird. It's directed by your boy uh, Panos Cosmatos, yeah, the guy who did um, Beyond the Black, Beyond Rainbow. Black Rainbow, which was an interesting film, and uh, we'll get into Mandy. But uh, how was everybody's week? <clears throat> oh, just wait. You want me to go? Yeah. You always oh. Go. oh, I wasn't going to go because I'm a woman. I figured Yeah, let the man go first. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. But I mean, uh, since you brought it up, I guess you can go first. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I got a lot to get off my keep chest. Keep in mind, you cannot lie. I know what you did. Yeah. You I guys are going to keep each other accountable. So yes. if he lies, I'm sorry, call him out. You think you know what I did. All right, Ooh. Awesome. So how was your week? Um. Well, <laughs> it was uh, pretty good. Pretty chill. It worked. Uh, didn't do much. Oh, I'm going to be like this like slutty college student in a shoot soon, which is pretty cool. Just wait. Just wait. I don't think that people know what you do. Oh, I'm an actress. Oh, okay. I'm an actor. I hear that actress is a very odd term to use. I guess so. I can see that. Yeah, I understand it too. I get it. So, I mean, so you're an actor, you, you're doing short films. You're going to be someone slutty? 
Right. <laughs> so I'm going to be, but thankfully it's not like a weird Craigslist ad where I'm just meeting it's, up with That's, what I, that's, that's what I instantly what I thought. I, I like, need a slut from four to six. There act- will be a camera. It's going to be um, because with my studio yeah. and my classmates. Yeah, see, because I've answered those calls and it just is not what you think. Yeah, Don't I mean, go. I've tried to lure another woman that way. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, you have to just be very just like vague and then people might show up. Yeah, like, oh, it's a foot ad. Foot ad. <laughs> For a Chinese foot mask? I have to lotion your foot before the shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm doing that, uh, which is pretty cool. Nice. Should be fun. Cool. How about you, Steve? Well, I'm not doing anything that cool. Uh, I had a very, just a very interesting week involving a lot of work and a lot of staring at a computer and a lot of being on set like usual. Nice. Yeah, see, it's not very exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I uh, I did something exciting this week. I oh, really? I, I guess you still uh, count part of this week. Last week... You didn't tell us about it? I did, actually. Last week, I boasted about how I was going to go cut my hair. Dope. And I did it. I actually did it. I went there. It's a funny story, actually. So I get there, right? I'm nervous as shit. Just real quick. What? I know you didn't I know you didn't get your hair cut there, did you? Where is there? The beauty salon. No, I, I went to a beauty store. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was there Would for the you... awkward-ass phone call, and I'm thinking, like, he's not going to show up. This is so awkward. I really wanted to cut it myself. Yeah. I wish you did. Yeah. I wish I did, too. So, I actually went to a place down the street from you guys. I just, like, well, the first place I walked by looked super sketchy. I legit called this person outside their store, and I was like, hey, do you cut here? <laughs> because it, it looked like a, a tailored place, not like Wait. a salon, but it's, it was listed as it's a salon. All, all right, so Google. you're on Google. Yeah. And you, it says salon. Like I literally typed in hair salon. It's probably my fault. I was like, look for the highest rating. Yeah. <laughs> Don't trick him. You know he's already sketchy. on edge. He's sitting in the car freaking out. And you're just like, he's like, but make sure you go to a nice place. And he's like, fuck. Yeah. But uh, long story short, I finally found a good place. I went there. It looks like it's run by a mother, a grandmother, and a daughter. Ooh, okay. So I get there. Uh, they sit me down. I'm nervous. I don't know if I'm still going to do this. Then Just like the, all three sit you down? Yeah. So the daughter comes over and she's like, hey, man. She's kind of like this like tomboy chick. Gives me like a pound. Hot. Um, and uh, the mother comes Just over. Just like, how was the pound? Was it a weak pound it was or just, was it like It was like legit? one of those like yeah, uh, one of these like the cascading ones. Oh, interesting. They're yeah. bringing that back. So that's coming back. Yeah. All so right. um, the mother comes over and she's like, wow, are your eyelashes real? I was like, yeah, they're real. I've never done anything to it. She's like, you don't do anything to it? Like no artificial nothing? I'm like, no, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she legit puts her hand on my eyeball, on my eyelids. And she's like, huh, Ugh. these are real? I'm like, yeah. What do you want me to do? Pull them out? Um, so that was awkward. Uh, and then uh, when I was leaving, I got my hair cut, paid a $50 haircut, first time in my life. From what I understand, that's what you guys pay. Uh yes oh yes nah. I do okay uh it's because I like the experience I like to be pampered that's who I am yeah uh, it was so a once good a month experience. I like I like getting because my guy gives me a beer mm-hmm. I mean I don't know Sean complained he was like she was really rough she was a, she was a little rough yanking and pulling here and there but and Sean there. is really tender headed like all right this is the thing this is why I'm upset a little bit I wish you were there to guide him. Honestly, I probably would have laughed the whole way. Cause, you probably yeah. would have, but I kind of feel a little bit better if you were there guiding him through the process. Because and I was quite jealous that I wasn't cutting it also. So. That's she, another thing. She also told me an interesting story that I didn't know. Well, she kept the, when I first arrived, she kept uh, comparing me to, to Steve Aoki. 
And uh, she was like, she and she just knew random facts about Steve Aoki for some odd reason. She was like, "Did you know that Steve Aoki's sister is actually an actress?" And <gasps> she she appeared in the first Fast and Furious movie as the girl who waves the flag <laughs> at the beginning of the race. I was like, "Interesting." I would have never known that ever, <laughs> dude. Who is this person? Who she was a cool it? ass like a barber slash so, hairstylist. This I is so interesting. No one knows random facts about Steve Aoki. Like no one. I've actually I've heard someone else call you that, and I'm looking at pictures of him right now. You I can kind of see way it. Way better looking than Steve Aoki. Let me see. I don't really un- know what he looks like to be honest. You are so much better looking than him. So yeah, I get my haircut. Uh, I'm walking out the door, and they're all standing in like unison, looking at me and waving like some kind of Pleasantville shit. And I was like, "Have you guys never cut a man's hair?" I think they saw your beauty. That's what it is. And, and they're like, oh, my, my God. God. I, mean, I like, maybe it's because oh, they Oh, my God. They're like, is it a man? Is it a girl? Yeah, Listen, pretty much. But uh, uh, I was very happy about the haircut. Uh, you're, you're prettier they, than they, Steve. They, they gave me the hair. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to donate it. So if anybody wants it out there, I want send it. me an email. I'll send you my hair. I'll send you an email. That's what, you still I, have it? Yeah, I'm going to. Well, they, want, uh, they suggested that you donate it. I know we'll donate it. I'm just going to make a little doll. The, all right, Whatever. fun fact. Emily's also an artist. Can you use it for anything? Oh my god, it's I anything. could. No, I was really thinking about um there is this a painting or anything? A, yeah, with my blood. Um That's what I was thinking. Candles, his hair, some <laughs> wax. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah, long like story fuck. short, I'm happy with the haircut. It was a good choice. It was just too much hair. And I think the I think I'm rocking a good look here finally. And um I'm never going back to short hair. Do the That's right it. haircut. Yes, do the right hair. Funny you said that because we always fucking say that about some other odd shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I Just wait, is that why the podcast, podcast is usually like 30 minutes longer than it should be? Yes. Because you guys fuck around too much. <laughs> yeah, you brought that up earlier. And you're wait, 100% am I not right. Curse? No, you, no, can, you can curse. curse. We can oh, say anything you want God. here. Yeah, you can really say anything. Um, all right. Uh, you guys want to just jump into it? Yes. Talk about some movies, then we'll oh, talk about shit. Mandy, then we'll do some like news bits. Yes. Oh, we're talking directly into Mandy? No, let's that? do uh, some movies that we watch. Okay, got you it. go first. No, since we have a guest. Nah. Oh, <laughs> she's not ready. <laughs> she can't find her notes. <laughs> just like she's like, no, 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 no. You go first. All right, cool. Uh, well, I guess since we're talking about, well, Thomas lost the game, correct? Yes, he did, and I okay. gave him Strange Wilderness. I hope he's out there watching it. He's not watching it, most likely, but I, I can't wait because he's going camping this week. Which would have been good preparation for Strange uh, because I, for you, watching a movie. That's what I'm saying. Like good preparation and gets you really just you know ready for the outdoors, if anything. Uh, but I guess we'll talk about the movies I watched, and it's crazy because I watched the most movies I've ever watched in a week. Like I don't know why, but I watched like four movies in one day. Nice. Uh, Sing I, life. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> it's like I a guess mixture I'll go of to movie three. <laughs> <laughs> Checks phone. Nothing. Check- Movie oh. four, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Uh, so I'm not going to go through all the movies. I'm going to just mention that I had a, I was on a little bit detective kick, and I happened to watch three detective stories. One was uh, Seven, starring the very handsome Morgan Freeman. Have you seen Seven before? Yes. Okay, cool. But it's been years. Uh I think everyone I think, knows. I think Thomas recently reviewed. Yeah, it. Yeah, he just recently funny. reviewed it, so I'm not going to really talk about it. But it was a great rewatch. I think it was definitely. Hold it was up. nice to. Re- yeah, it's definitely nice to revisit that film. It's it's really well done. I think I think a, it hits a lot of great story beats. There's one moment. Uh, I feel like I guess you could say is a 
I wouldn't consider a deus ex machina like plot point like in terms of like how they reach a certain conclusion in terms of uh, you know uh, th- there's a certain part of the film where you're just kind of like hmm like kind of question it a bit just because I feel like it just helps progress the story but I'm going to let it you know fly by just because there's so much other great elements in terms of you know the, the thematic use and also Kevin Spacey's in here and it's kind of weird watching him now mm-hmm. after everything that's happened so uh and, uh yeah, like it's weird. Like it's it's weird watching a movie with someone. I'm not that, saying you have that opinion. I'm just saying it's funny. Like you see him in like these old movies, and then you kind of forget that. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. So, uh, other than that, it still holds up as a as a great film. And like I said, it stars the handsome uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> and, I like how you skip over the handsome Brad Pitt when you go to Morgan Freeman yeah, <laughs> because Morgan Freeman doesn't get any love, and the I feel like he needs Morgan Freeman. Wait, I is, isn't some, he another? Is he one of those? Creep. Yeah, he's, he's is he. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know yes. the facts about no. it, but I know yes. he was under the gun for a while. All right, someone yeah. look this up. I need to know I exactly okay, what. So I know you the, have a laptop I totally on you. Know the, the I know. <laughs> so he he basically is known for making kind of like kind of old perverted. Is it grandpa jokes or, or like yeah, like kind of like but overline like. It's jokes. like, and he like pushes you into like severe awkwardness. He pushes women into severe awkwardness when uh, you like have to. Eventually, I was trying like, to tell you to li- lift the mic up a bit, but I hit my mic, <laughs> and you fucked yeah. your mic up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so that's interesting, and you just ruined Morgan Freeman. I guess it happens, though. No, but he's still like he's still cool. So, <laughs> so it's like so he, there's like all right. So there's a fine line. There's grandpa creepiness, and then there's like creepy uncle. I mean, I don't talk for other women, but speaking for all women, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> he's a creepy uncle. He's yeah, he's like a creepy uncle. Oh, that's a bummer. That's fine, we all have one of those. We grew up with one. We're gonna be one of them one day. What? I don't know. <laughs> don't speak for me. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna be a creepy uncle. You're so okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all right. So what else we got? Uh, uh, uh. So continue the mystery train. Speaking of trains, I don't. That was a really bad segue. I watched the Orient Express. The original? No. Oh, the remake. The remake. Oh, okay. It's a really random watch. It was on HBO and. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I was compelled to watch it, and you know what? It wasn't too bad. Emily and I went to see it actually at um oh in, in theaters, store, yeah, in theaters. And uh, what do you guys we, think of we it? We thought it was okay. It was a nice, fun ride. It was a good theater experience. What uh, was it? It's based off the original, uh, the Agatha Christie murder mystery novel, right? Um, uh, the Adventures of All. What's his name? I almost uh, forgot about that movie. Not to lie, but. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool though. It was like it was fun. Yeah, yeah it, was it was fun, fun to watch. It's one of those movies you instantly it forget like, though. I feel it was like, like Clue I think Perot Perot became yes, yeah. a movie. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. It's like the it one, was a fun movie. I, yeah. I definitely agree. Like it wasn't like as bad as I thought it would be, just because it literally looks like one of those typical Hollywood films. They just stuff it with actors, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like. It ends up being a little bit dry or a little bit more predictable. But they I think definitely since uh, was trying to go for franchise there. You think so? Well, yeah, they set up the uh, the ending for yeah. another movie. I think he's really? going to go to the Nile. Oh, I thought it was just. I thought it was just like a you know like. I don't know, I didn't think anything of it in terms of like oh being another movie. I, uh, yeah, they're I trying maybe... to set up a sequel. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I believe the original was a. Uh... Uh, I don't know too much about the original movie, cool. but I think it would. It, I think it uh, was also a sequel. I could be wrong. But I mean, like Michelle Pfeiffer is like she's so captivating. The, she was good in that. She, she's great. Movie. I love watching her. Yeah, yeah me too. She's, yeah, she's just pure, she's captivating. She's her, the last yeah. couple things that I've seen her in, she has this kind of like fuck all attitude to her, which yeah. kind of oh, works yes. for her character and mother especially. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. 
so good. She just had she demands attention. That's right. yeah. her power, and it's mm-hmm. so sexy and seductive. Mm-hmm. All right, that's exactly the words I would use to describe her. Uh, no, she definitely is. No she, matter, and she's maturing and like this, and still seductive. Looks, like, yeah, still looks yeah. great. Like, still is great just to watch her on screen. <laughs> so you you give it that like a uh, an, an enjoyment stamp. Yeah, most definitely. I think it was a lot of fun. It, like I said, it follows the Agatha Christie. I never read her novels. And I'm not really familiar with her work, but it, it's it reminds me of like an older Hollywood film we don't get anymore. You know what I mean? Like every every superhero, every, like every movie that comes out is like a superhero movie or it's based off a different franchise that's based off a film. It's just like it's nice to kind of see like like maybe it's not inherently Mm-hmm. traditional but it's just it's it's something different that we don't have as much anymore in hollywood i think it's kind of just like this kind of like somewhat magical sense that yeah it's with your childhood and this kind of like mystery movie exactly exactly that's some, this is something sort i definitely like, would have watched like clue yeah something yeah, i would have watched when i was younger right that's what i originally said it's like clue clue is yeah. great I haven't seen it in a while. I watched it maybe a year ago. Oh, I, yeah. I was like showing someone for the first time. I'm like, oh, you haven't seen Clue? And I'm like, oh, like, I had to put it on. I was like, it's so fucking good. Nice. Uh, and then lastly, to kind of round off the uh, uh, the mystery is uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang by Shane Black. I was compelled to watch it just because we just got done watching The Predator. And I needed I needed my fix for Shane Black. I'm like, I need to watch this. You've been telling me to watch it for years. Yeah. Stars the great... Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, and both are just amazing on screen to watch. Just kind of banter back and forth. I think you kind of that's the movie to me is just them speaking to each other and kind of like this like this arrogance that they both have. Uh, I think also what I noticed about Shane Black. Uh, if you don't know what Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is, let me see if I can just pull up a little bit of information so we're not just going in blind because some of these movies most people know about. Did you see the comparison that I made uh, last week about how he has this running theme of like kind of like these uh, forgotten fathers who are still trying to like have a place in their kid's life? Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't see it with maybe this one. I, well, there is a father who is who is obviously trying to make mm-hmm. some amends in this film. But he's not, I think, the focal point. He is the focal point, but not really in the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so, just to let you know uh, about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, directed by Shane Blank, 2005 film. And it is about a petty thief posing as an actor who is brought to L.A. for an unlikely audition that finds himself in the middle of a murder investigation. I love this. It's like kind of like a fish out of, walk, uh, out of water. This petty thief, who is Robert Downey Jr., is in New York... He's like kind of like a, you know, I guess it really shows that comparison between New Yorkers and uh, what was the plural? It was the name that you give like, like people from Los Angeles. Angelinos? Los Angelinos yeah. or something like that? Or Angelinos? I don't remember. But it really shows how time and how like moving to actually these places that though in the, in the U.S., uh, you know, you you separate him with that kind of like length and like an environment. It, it shows what it breeds, and you know, Robert Downey Jr. is this very down to earth, you know, criminal, and you see kind of how he interacts with these people from Los Angeles who are very kind of like self centered and very about themselves. And it made me think: Does Shane Black have like a little distaste for Hollywood and maybe people from Los Angeles? Because you kind of feel it in his films as well. I think there's a love there, but also kind of like a little bit of like a distaste. I see that yeah. in Nice Guys. I see that in even The Predator in, in which he makes films. I get that vibe. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it it seems like he has like almost like a fascination with like Hollywood socialites and just like yeah. Hollywood themed 
like get togethers yeah and and i don't know this is a lot of again i think this follows a mantra of just a fun film you know you see val kilmer robert downey jr just going back and forth and they just have this great dynamic and it's great because i haven't seen val kilmer in anything that i can honestly be like oh wow he was amazing in like it just kind of made me just, yeah. uh, love in this recent, guy recent times at least yeah just like i wish we got that more of uh we get we get more of him like that and mm-hmm. uh I like these like insulated worlds he creates because he did it with the nice guys as well with uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, and uh, your boy Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, great uh, job by him. Uh, again, he this is a really good. Uh, if I have to pick, yeah, if I have to pick uh, out of the favorite detective stories, even though these are all kind of hitting, you know, we have something like Murder on the Orient Express, a very traditional kind of murder mystery format, and then we have Seven, which is a little bit darker tone with like Fincher, and then we have. Uh, you know, Shane Black's interpretation of a murder mystery and also his commentary on Hollywood violence. I think this is honestly my favorite out of the bunch, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I, th- I highly recommend it. And I, if someone asked me which one should I watch this week, I would give them that one. I would easily say it. It's on HBO. So if you have that, check it out before it's gone. Yes. It's a good good uh, pick. Good recommendation. No, I, uh, I love it. And Yeah, I should probably watch that. I think you would dig it. There's a there's a lot of funny scenes. I think I think he makes a great commentary on also like action films, like I said, but also sexuality in Hollywood, uh, because you see Robert Downey's character interact with the female lead. Uh, let me see if I can remember her name. She's in a lot of uh, Michelle Monaghan. Uh, sorry, I completely forgot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I just looked it up and I was like, oh, weird. That's cool that she was in that. Yeah. Uh, she was in uh, Fallout and also. Uh, the other recent yeah Yeah, she's in a bunch of stuff she was also in uh, heartbreak kid right (laughs) yeah and she's she's great in this and they have this interesting chemistry together and i think it's also another commentary on how hollywood depicts you know male and female romantic leads and just a lot of great awkward moments that you know not to go further into this but i just uh, I really want to comment on a couple scenes in terms of uh, in terms of the violence. You know, you have like this one moment in the film where Robert Downey kills. Uh, there's a, there's obviously gunshots and he kills a character in this film. And right afterwards, there's just like this comedic angle where you know you know there's a dog in the room and the dog takes something that he's not supposed to, and it's fucking hilarious. It just like completely just cuts that scene down. And the same thing with the sexuality in terms of like, you know, you see these two romantic characters, apparently they need to get it on, but he uses his writing and his wit to kind of cut that scene and they're both just very awkward with each other and just like destroy the moment with it, with their words, you know? Uh, so again, uh, if I have to pick, I, I, hands down, this is one of my favorite ones I've seen this week. Nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Is that it for you or? Uh, real quick. Okay. What else you got? Two weeks notice with Sandra Bullock. She's great. Uh, the movie just doesn't age well. <laughs> uh, and I I rewatched The Princess Bride. It's one of my favorites. I like watching that movie. Yes. I watch it once a year. Do you watch? Have you have you seen it? I believe so. You believe so? Yes. Princess Bride. I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's all for me right now. I don't want to keep rambling. All right. Uh, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Said it very poetically, Emily. Um. Oh, my notes. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we're playing this hot and loose. No notes. Oh, sorry, no notes. Notes. What do um, you got for this week? So a movie that me and Sean watched together, Ooh. but didn't really watch together because he fell asleep, like he usually generally does with all the movies we watch together. Does he do that a lot? He does that a lot. Hmm. Um, it's called Midnight Man. 
She'll look like, are you falling asleep? I'm like, no, I, I'll get like upset at her. Five seconds later. <sighs> <laughs> if we start a movie at like nine, I'm going out, dude. I'm like, why, dude, would, I'm- you, why would you do that? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's called Midnight Man and it's a horror movie. And uh, uh, a director called Travis Zarrinwi. <laughs> Uh, it's about it's about a girl and her friends that play a mysterious game that summons a horrifying creature known as the Midnight Man, who uses their worst fears against them. Um, it was I actually really enjoyed this movie. I mean, a lot. It's very hard for me to like be super over heels about a lot of horror movies, and I'm not over like like super psyched about this movie um i heard you like watching a lot of shitty horror movies i do i i love shitty horror movies it's kind of like my guilty pleasure is shitty horror movies um horror movies period anything with gore okay demons. so something about this movie i was only up for like maybe 20 minutes of it <laughs> are you gonna give your hot take the first okay five minutes of it i'm not gonna jump into your review i just want to say something no 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 please confusing go ahead. <laughs> so the movie starts with these kids playing this game and it seems like a game where they're tr- basically summoning a demon of some sort from what I understand. Just wait, you, you've never done that. No. And they, yeah, so- they actually summon a fucking demon. And I'm like, who, who are these kids? Like, who's letting their kids play this fucking game? See, that's the thing. I mean, I thought you guys, I mean, do you guys so- do that? Right. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, you do that in your free time. I mean, as a kid, when I it reminded me of when I was younger with my cousins and okay. my and like his aunt would be my aunt would be asleep, and we would just be in the living room, just us like fucking around with an Ouija board, and <laughs> what? Let's summon the demon. <laughs> like, hey, hey, it's like kind of like that's what the mo- the movie was kind of like remind me of like a childhood thing where like you know you're kind of not messing around yeah. with something you should be. But it's intriguing, and you don't really believe that it'll happen, and that's what kind of happens in this movie. Interesting. Where they like, all right, let's just see where what happens, where this goes, and they do that, and this midnight man creature is almost, which is interesting. He's a midnight man, and uh, the guy who played Freddy Krueger was also in the movie. Um, oh, as a doctor. As a doctor. <laughs> so this is, uh, I like that premise already, just because that makes more sense than when adults do stupid things. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, you're tempting fate because you want to see what happens. Yeah, you're it makes curious. sense. Yeah, you're curious. But as an adult, you know, if you told me it's just like, hey, Steve, want to go to this abandoned because house and summon a demon? I'm like, as an nah. adult, <laughs> shit is already bad enough. You're like, I don't need any more stress in my life. I exactly. Yeah. I got my student loans don't, and I got all this other forget, shit. Uh, Lynn Shay is actually. Lynn Shay, yeah, I was going to say that. She's uh, <laughs> the old lady in all of the fucking Insidious movies. Yeah, she's so like they have like the they have the staples of like horror movies in here. They're just trying to bang you over the head with. Right. Yeah. No, I really love Lynn Shay. Like she's great for the films that she works in, which is horror, <laughs> because she's just she's this older woman who's just great at capturing like this kind of psychotic feel, which also somewhat Nicolas Cage also kind of like does in certain movies and this movie that we're about to review. Psychotic is a word <laughs> is that we can use to describe someone. <laughs> it's like a, it's like deranged. It's kind of like a deranged letting loose of all of your like... She seems so sweet. I'm looking at a photo right now. She, that's the, that's the beauty of it, of like being like happily evil that's what like that's being not, deranged is. Yeah, I like that. No, I dig it. 
And um, so she's great in this movie for that. But the movie overall, like, there's a lot of, like, things that kind of just didn't make sense. All right. I want to hear every single one of these things that didn't make sense. I'm into this. <laughs> I have one thing that I just couldn't wrap I my mean, head around. I mean, I was going to say, which I'm pretty sure. All right. I want to hear both of you guys' thoughts on this because I'm just so interested. <laughs> Because the thing is, like, I like hearing shitty movies, or not even shitty movies, just horror movies that are just like campy, very, yeah. very campy. So, like, all right, I want you guys to go back and forth, and I want to hear okay, just like, so, like and I just said, list it I, off, I, no exper- no explanation. I've only been here for, I, I mean, I've only uh, watched maybe thirty minutes tops before I fall asleep. But uh, the first ten minutes or so, it is creepy. It does build some good tension and some good scares. Uh, it goes in a very dark dark place there is a scene where he crushes uh, or sort of decapitates a child's head and crushes it and blood oh, spews out okay. like what the fuck what is this was this made in europe but um so yeah i mean initially i was i was into it. i was like okay i'm in for this i'm gonna stay awake i'm gonna watch it <laughs> i mean that's what would definitely like took me in because whenever there's good oh. killing scenes i'm of just children like, yeah that like i'll stick around for the kill scenes like it'll be a shitty storyline i'm like it's yeah. good kill scenes i'm gonna watch okay <laughs> so uh, the movie fa- after that happens uh the movie fast forwards maybe s- like 30 years later or some shit or f- 40 i don't know something like yeah, that yeah like so yeah. the kid now is a grandmother lynn shea and she has a granddaughter who's taking care of her. She's kind of like this like old lady with dementia at this point. And uh, this granddaughter finds the game in the attic. And she invites her, her boyfriend over, I think it is. And they find the game. They find the instructions. Before they even read the instructions fully, they start playing it one, the steps one by one. And when they get to a certain point in like the, like the like, uh, step five, they're like, what the fuck? This shit's real. They actually summon a demon or whatever it is, a creature. And uh, well, that that's the first thing that doesn't make sense to me is that if you're going to play a game that's potentially summoning some kind of weird fucking demonic creature, why not read the entire instruction sheet? Well, I just kind of explained that too. What? Yeah, it, I think I think it's just like that childhood curiosity. You right. just kind of jump these right. These weren't kids. These How old were like nineteen? Uh, they were teenagers. They were playing. Well, not they were playing as like like teenagers go- growing into adulthood. Like they were just bored. They went to the attic, found some crap. Like yes, like it was a weird old chest that they pulled these instructions out of, and like. So and yes, it did say warning in blood. <laughs> No, there was blood step on one, the paper. Like these no, it wasn't really. Like, they looked at it like, oh, yeah, that's blood on the paper. Okay, so what's the next step? Yeah. I think this all kind of comes back to the whole like that's... Eddie Murphy joke where it's just like, you know, the haunted house joke he always makes about just like, there's a ghost like, get out. It's just like, too bad we can't stay. Like, it's like oh, some so people just like, that's actually awesome. a note of the movie. Did you really? say that already? They, they can't leave the house. Oh, no, yeah, they so can't So they leave can't the get out. They can't leave. If you leave. You just can't. Anyway. Um. <laughs> if you leave, you die. <laughs> Basically, you spontaneously combust. Which is was really great. Just like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. What the fuck? This yeah. was wild. I think this cool. is where I started to fall asleep. But what didn't make sense to me, like that, I, I, I felt like I can make sense of that because I was like, all right, I do dumb things just to see what would happen. But... <laughs> I thought you said that makes sense blowing up like it happens no, to everyone. I mean like the whole playing yeah. the game. Oh yeah, um, yeah. What didn't make sense I feel to like me, we would play the game. Oh yeah. Which yeah. which Sean was actually awake for was when the doctors came over 
and the younger doctor wasn't really any significant character in the movie. He was just like an assistant of the doctor. But he had like an old English accent. Oh, yeah, that was odd. And he was like the younger guy. Yeah, Robert <laughs> Anglin, who plays uh, Freddy. Of course. There, there's like an assistant, and it's like the main doctor. Granted, uh, they're doing house calls, like it's fucking like 1948. So the doctor comes over to look at the old lady, and like they're speaking in this old British manner. It's weird. Good day. It's so odd. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This right lady now? of the he- manor home. <laughs> no so it just didn't make any i was like what and then everyone just like continued with their regular like voice and he was the only one who had that on that like, perhaps we should uh <laughs> like, yeah, like, perchance i'm like, like what <laughs> don't worry it will wear off and she will fall asleep and everything will be right again and then we'll homie it's happening right your ass is in new york who are you <laughs> But, but yeah. uh, so I guess uh, you guys yeah, loved it. No, it was, I, mean, I can't. Gi- I can't give a, a general. He, honestly, I really. So I really liked Midnight Man as like as the villain or the creature. Was he scary? He was scary. He was scary. He was very like. There was this one point where he trans because he transforms into your fears. Okay. Um, and you actually have to write that on the on the paper when you're like playing the game before you start. Like, what is your your you know deepest fear? And then I become that. Wonderful. I, I would like a great put game. like, I, I feel like I would be ahead of the game. Like I'd know what the fuck's going on. So I'd put like orgies. <laughs> and then you die that beautiful way. Just smiling. Because uh, really I would put snakes, but I'm like, no, 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 no. And we're not playing. Even if the shit's real. He'd kill you first for being a liar. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he transformed. He had like a rabbit head at one point, like an actual, like he, he was like a DJ rabbit head. And uh, it was like crazy, awesome. Cool. This movie sounds buck wild. Yeah, because a girl killed her rabbit when she was younger, so I think she has that old, like that fear or guilt in her. How did she kill a rabbit? I think she stabbed it. Oh, well, that's yeah. what's fucked that's up. What she actually murdered it. Yeah, she, she, she murdered she, it. I, I think, feel no yeah, guilt. She so, uh, her, her rabbit. Overall score? Would you give it a score? Do you do that? Do you do ratings? I, you don't have to. I can. No, honestly, just do what's no, right in your heart. I'll okay. do, I'm going to do it. Do okay. it. I want to no do No pressure. It. Do what you want to do. I want to do a rating. <laughs> We're all about pro-choice on this podcast. So. God damn it. You can do 10 out of 10. You can do 5 out of if 5. If you guys can stop cutting off. Just me. Okay. Do it. Wait, we're doing 5 stars, right? You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, I was just wondering. All right, so I'm going to give it um, I'm going to give it like a hard. Damn. <laughs> already a hard. <laughs> already at a hard something. Hard. She was like, I'm ready. Two point five. What? I thought you liked it way more than that. So <laughs> a you hard. Need, you only fifty percent liked it. A hard no, two rub, rabbit I rabbit heads. Really enjoyed it, but I, I mean, like it's. I get it. I get what you're saying. It's still. <laughs> it's not very good. You know, you can't show this to like so grandma. You you enjoyed it a lot, but you hate yourself for enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> I already said she like, was good. Oh, my guilty pleasure. <laughs> but you I looked yourself in the mirror afterwards. It's like. You liked that, didn't you, sick son of a bitch? You piece of shit. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a two and a half. <laughs> I love you. I love it. <laughs> right when you exit out the movie and you grade it, it's like I love this movie. I want more. All right, cool. So I actually didn't watch much. I kept falling asleep to fucking movies this week for some reason. How many movies did you fall asleep to? Uh, well, I fall asleep to Mega. We started Mega Mind. Uh, we I've seen it before, but we wanted to rewatch it. Uh, fell asleep to Mega Mind, but uh. Still holds up, right? I did watch a movie so good. in its entirety, and that is uh, Sheldon Lettich's uh, fucking masterpiece from 
double impact <laughs> with my oh boy John Paul Van Damme. This is see, this is the thing when we have when we have Thomas and Harvey on the show, they don't let us re- like yeah. review these I kind of movies. Watch what I want. <laughs> We're going to review the movies we want to watch. So yeah, Double Impact, if you don't know, stars Jean-Claude Van Damme and Jean-Claude Van Damme. And it, uh, <laughs> he plays, uh, they play twins, basically. They were separated at birth. Their, fathers and mo- their father and mother were, uh, they were assassinated in Hong Kong, I believe. Uh, separated at birth, one was taken by the father's bodyguard. One, the other one was taken by the father's, um, or the, the family's um, housemaid or caretaker. So one grows up in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a great cover, by the way. Back to back. So too, good. Too much Jean-Claude <laughs> so Van Damme in this movie. But, uh, just... Hey, how, just don't, like... don't tell me how I feel or how you feel. <laughs> what? You're going to say it was so, I'm so sorry, bad. I'm sorry, were you going to... Were you going to say this is so good or so bad? No, I wasn't... I didn't... I wasn't going to say anything. I was just looking at that picture. That's a great cover, by the way. Look at this. Are you trying to control what I say? No, on, no, I don't want podcast? you... I you can't you to sway my review. No, I'm not sway, swaying. Sway. Wait, I'm sorry. Weren't you the one who like interjected my last review? No, I was just trying to like alley oop you. All right. So anyway, so yeah, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. How can you tell them apart? There's, one has slick back one, hair. One, one. Okay. One lives in Los Angeles, and he's like a yoga oh. instructor slash karate instructor. No, in, I, in the same facility. I just love the accents. That yeah. was what I was caught on most. <laughs> it's like I fucking one lives. Accent. One still lives in Hong Kong as a smuggler, uh, with slick back hair and a leather jacket. That's how you tell them apart. The entire movie. One smokes a cigar consistently. Like, just always a cigar in his mouth. And somehow, they're... Okay, if you were separated at birth, right? Say you were, you had a twin out there. <laughs> yeah. You were separated at birth. What are the fucking odds that you and this twin, one, are both buffed as shit, two, both no karate? <laughs> First of all, that seems very likely for me. Like, I, don't, I feel like I would stumble upon Secondly, that. Secondly, both speak English. <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> Not one of them spoke good English. Just a real quick question. All right. So so his housemaid, right? You watched this as well? Yeah. Did, all right. So his housemaid, she took him to she Los Angeles. In, she, well, no. The housemaid stayed in Hong Kong. Their, fa- their family was assassinated the, in Hong Kong. The bodyguard Kong. went to Los Angeles. Yes. He went back home. So he took the and baby. And he opened up a karate slash yoga studio. Or so the, was it yoga or Pilates? It was Pilates. Pilates, and right? Yeah. It was Pilates and, and karate. Okay, so the baby so was twofer. born in the U.S. Right. Or and like then, ra- inherently raised. Well, well raised. We, we don't know, actually, because it starts off with them right. in Hong Kong as babies already. Right. So It just skips straight to them being adults. Does he have... So he has an accent. Yeah, they both have an but accent. But it's like John like claude Van Damme's real accent mixed with a <laughs> Los Angeles slash Hong Kong... feels <laughs> <laughs> off the walls, dude. But um, there's some really good fight scenes in this movie. John Clavin, Van Damme, you know, obviously he's he's badass as shit. He can fucking save the day. Uh, he has muscle. He has an amazing fucking body. I think that's uh, that's known. No, I saw a photo you sent. I'm gonna have to find it real amazing, quick. Which is amazing, right? Yeah. But uh, movie's horseshit, of course. It doesn't make any fucking sense. The horrible ADR editing is just off. The sex scenes. Just like, talk there, about the dude, sex there scene. There is a sex scene where the one brother, he's imagining his girlfriend having sex with his other brother. Which is him. Which is him, basically. <laughs> and he's imagining the corn. His imagination of like somebody having sex is the corniest shit ever. There's like veils and like curtains blowing in the wind. <laughs> and they're like doing like this like 360 camera spin a Rooney shit. And she has implants. And they're having sex standing up. 
Are, so would like mannequin just wait? Okay, so everything doesn't bother me except that uh, the one brother was imagining his girlfriend having sex with someone else. Is that what? It, is that what he guess? With him? It, with his, his brother. brother. So, so with his twin brother. Yeah. Because in the- but here's the thing: if you can cheat, <laughs> why cheat on somebody that looks exactly like your boyfriend? Because it's like the better. Like I really love the look, but I love his like personality. LA all right. accent. It's like a. Fair- <laughs> this one's good, but this one has an LA accent. <laughs> so all right, so let let's me, imagine. Let me, let me see that dick. Imagine, the imagine the oh, gun runner Sean, like a smuggler Sean. But he has the same everything, like same length hair, but it's slicked back. Same body, same everything. But it's slicked back, and he has like Just, a different accent. No. Does that sound intriguing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> she wanted variety, but not too far, not too far. <laughs> She's like, nah, everything but, um, you just said. The movie was uh, not great. Um, it was so good. Horrible editing, horrible plot it's dynamics. Uh, John Clark get. It's just so corny. I love it so much. <laughs> but I think it's it was also the peak. Uh, it's it was the peak of his uh, abilities as a fighter slash bodybuilder. Uh, after that, he starts to look like a drug fiend addict. And I love how the the fa- the guy who takes them the he just doesn't age. Yeah. So the movie. So we start the movie when they're one year old. Then uh, we go to twenty five years old. And everyone that we meet in the beginning, like the caretaker, the uh, the villains, the <laughs> the uh, his mentor, they don't age one bit. In fact, the mentor actually looks like he got younger. Like, how does somebody go twenty five years without aging a slight, the slightest bit at all? Twenty five years is a long fucking time. They were like, well, you know, he went uh, he went vegan. <laughs> so weird. And it just you know, his body just started we gotta just decelerating. For the rest of the movie, it's not. Like There's the f bomb in this now. movie, which is interesting. I haven't heard the f bomb in the movie in a very long time. So they say fuck. No, the other f bomb. Faggot. Yes, that one. Oh, okay. I didn't want to be the one to say it because uh, I didn't know. I thought I thought that was the f bomb. I was like fuck. But they they don't I'll use it in like it. an ironic way. They use it like in like the derogatory nineties, like they mean oh, it way. Yeah, like oh my god. So <laughs> I had the same problem with another movie I watched. Uh, uh, Saturday Night F- Fever with John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. so much emphasis in it. Yeah, and they like it like, hurt like it hurt somebody who's even straight. Yeah, like <laughs> you're like something. Goddamn, dude, relax. And he, yeah, they use they 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 say that, and they also like make a lot of derogatory like slurs towards like Hispanic people. They call obviously like all Hispanic people like spicks and everything. And it's just like, and they say it with such like hate. Like they like add a they, a at the end. Of yeah, I'm like God, <laughs> and I felt it. I felt it through the TV screen. I should not feel it through the TV screen. I was like, oh, god damn. Yeah. But uh, I would give this more movie a horse shit stamp. But you'll still rewatch it. I'll still rewatch it. I do like to see John Claude Van Damme on screen. I'm, I'm 90% sure I've seen all of his action movies from the 80s and 90s. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying Volvo to brag commercial? or anything. I'm not trying to brag. Have you seen his Volvo commercial? <laughs> of course. Okay. I love that commercial. It's, it's a amazing. great commercial. Have you seen that, Emily? Where he's like doing a split between two cars. And it's a song playing. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen this commercial. I'm sure you have. It went viral like a motherfucker. I don't know. I it's don't a great remember. commercial. Yeah, it's good. We'll watch it after this. All right, guys. You guys want to move along? Yes. Yes? Okay. Let's yeah, jump into Mandy. So. We have a clip. Let's take a listen. You and that ugly little whore. You think you're so in love. I'll show you love. Lucy? (sighs) 
내요. Panos Cosmatos, plot synopsis goes, The Shadow Mountains, 1983. Red, was that the name of the movie? I didn't fucking know. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that, so I read it. <laughs> Red and Mandy lead a loving and peaceful existence, but when their pine-scented heaven is savagely destroyed, Red is catapulted in a, Jesus, that's a giant word. Phantasmagoric journey filled oh with God, blood vengeance. Like <laughs> Phantasmagoric, bloody vengeance, and laced with fire. Fantastic. We got listen, we got Nick, our boy Nicholas Cage, the Lord and Savior. Andre Rosenborough. We got Linus Roach, Ned Dehenny, Owen Ferrer, Richard Blake, Bill Duke, and some other people I do not fucking recognize at all. But uh, anyways. Who wants to go first? <coughs> oh, volunteer. <laughs> I'm late. Ladies first. <laughs> All right. Initial, initial thoughts? You don't have to go balls deep. You right. go initial thoughts. Yeah, no. Now I... go balls deep. Okay, so in your perspective, what is this movie really about? I know I just read this fucking weird yeah. ass fucking synopsis. Yeah, because it's, I mean, like, I feel like after the, even during the movie, I was like, this is so trippy. I feel like it's so metaphoric. Like, of something else in general, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, Sorry to cut you off, but did anyone actually see the trailer for the movie? No. Well, we did. <laughs> okay. We watched it together. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, does the, I was going to ask you, do you think the trailer gives anything about the oh, movie at all? We did what? Um... It's just weird. Like, there's The trailer is just snippets of like scenes... With Mr. Cage, and that's it. There's like, yeah, no, I mean the the trailer was like it doesn't like give all, you any sense of plot. No, the trailer was completely all over the place. It was like a psychedelic trip in itself. And but I was you're like, intrigued, you're hooked, right? Um, yeah, I like weird shit. Okay, so I just wanted to ask you guys that. No, yeah, no, I was like, yeah, this is uh, Steve. Did you see the trailer? <clears throat> Sorry, I just uh, took a swig of some uh, whiskey, and that really threw me back for a second. <laughs> Uh, Literally. Yeah, I, I did. I was like, fuck, man. That was that was rough. Uh, yes, I watched the trailer uh, once, and it was right when we were going to watch it. I watched it. I was just like... We should also know this This was your pick. Yeah, this is my pick. Which is funny because... That's a good pick. You didn't know that this this movie was also uh, on VOD. I didn't know that because I was thinking like, oh, let's go I all go to the theater. Convenience. I, I thought... Oh. I, was, I want all of us to go to the theater to go see it. No, I mean like... So you rented it? Yes. Funny enough, it would have been cheaper if we went to actually see it in theaters with movie yeah, pass. Yeah, it would have been. We rented it for $7. It would have probably been much actually better to go see in theaters. I think so as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, so yeah, I watched the trailer. 
I was just like, this seems very odd. But then also at work, I've but been talking. But you knew about the buzz that surrounded this movie? Uh, not really. Like, I heard some things in terms of, uh, you know, early on trailers that people saw and I was ignoring it. Uh, I know the director because I watch. Remember that if if uh, fans, mm-hmm. if uh, fans who were listening in the beginning remember, I watched Beyond the Black Rainbow at a weird party, and then you went on to assign me it. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well. So I saw the trailer and I was just like instantly intrigued, and also heard from a coworker that I should watch it because they wanted to hear my thoughts. Okay, so. Uh, Emily, what did you think yeah, after I, all that long ass thing? Yeah, I just wanted to know what you guys thought of like just the movie before even watching it. But uh, yeah, like before what? Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, trailer. definitely like trippy. You were hooked from the trailer. From the yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, this looks crazy. You know what is that movie? Oh man, what the fuck is that movie? Which movie? It's like a horror it, with the guy with the clown face, and <laughs> and it's like the go- clown. Ne- Never mind. No, that's not it. Ah, oh, man, it's a classic. But it reminded me of this, this horror movie. <laughs> it's not it, and it's like they're murderers or whatever. And it sounds like something I couldn't watch. Yeah, I'll 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 let you guys know in a minute. Okay. Well, why don't I let you know and you continue okay. your review? You, okay. He, yeah, oh. he's gonna go. He's oh, you gonna want go, me to continue my my review? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna go on the hunt. Okay. <laughs> so he's gonna at one point of the one of our reviews, he's gonna stop and be like, "Oh, I found the movie," or he's gonna yell a random name out. Um, okay, so, where do I begin? (laughs) Um, man, it was just, I just think, like, generally, the tone of the movie was very captivating. The tone and the soundtrack was very captivating. Um, I didn't have not a damn clue (laughs) what this movie was about at all. I was like, what am I watching right now? It's like... I don't know where I'm going. Um, but just like the trip you're taking with a couple, it's just everything, like simple things, but just watching Nicolas Cage with this woman that I don't really know who she is. I don't really know like what she works yeah. in. I don't know. Do you guys, does she work in anything? Uh, I'm not familiar what, with her. Yeah, I'm not familiar with, the, I, I probably am familiar with some of these actors. I just, for some reason, I don't recognize them because they're just been bathed in a yeah. blood red right, the lighting. Guy, <laughs> the, the villain, the main villain looks familiar. I've seen him, yeah, yeah. Right, I've seen him before. Um, but her, no, I don't. Um, she just seems like a pretty, like, plain Jane. Never mind. But just, like, the way they interact with each other was just, like, pretty cool and chill just to watch. And the way it progressed yeah. was just very exciting. And I was actually, I think, more excited. And I think it was, like, slightly let down just a tad bit about hmm. what I expected was going to happen um, and what I just didn't get. But there was so much that I was getting as well, so it's yeah. hard to say. Uh, um, I, I, yeah, I think it's... Sorry. Uh, no, I, I understand where you're coming from because if you... Have you seen Beyond the Black Rainbow? No, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I think didn't if you watch that... We watched it together, didn't we? I, I think... I yeah. think that's one movie I think most people should watch before this because I give it gives you an uh, understanding of how he structures story and how he is a, as a director. Uh, so I, I think maybe that helps a little bit understanding how he works. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, there's this one scene, I think that I, I mean, I really loved it just because of 
the colors and just because I really love Nicolas Cage by himself in the bathroom. <laughs> Dude, I love that scene. <laughs> that, was, that was probably one of the best shot scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. No, th- it was so good. I get the feeling that they were like, all right, like, Hansel yes. comes up to me, he's just like, go in the bathroom and just do you. Yeah. And, well, here, and that, that's exactly thing, though, what I felt about like. About that scene. He pulls out a fucking, like, what I assume a giant vodka bottle from, like, a cabinet. Yeah. But it's in the bathroom. Who keeps a fucking ca- uh, vodka bottle in there? No, that makes sense. Does For it? me, it does because I think I think it hits at a, bitter, a bigger story uh, that deals with maybe a little bit of sobriety or, like, maybe his, like, you know, maybe there's something there that you don't know that, you know. I think it's just, like, a little bit world building. It doesn't, I don't find that I, weird. I, and I think it's pure convenience. You think so? Because I think I feel- so because he needed to use the bathroom from the scene prior, and he could have easily shot. See- they could have had a shot of him walking into the bathroom with the bottle, and it would have not been yeah. weird. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think it just really just dives into who he is as a person, yeah. as well, and his his relationship. They seem like they're kind of like they're kind of a relationship where they're okay with who they are as people. They're kind of like not the most like prettiest couple, you know, you would see, but they love each other and they're comfortable and like this is their life. You get that feeling. Yeah, they're in the middle yeah. of fucking nowhere. They drink, they smoke, they watch movies, they sit down on a couch, like eat cereal and shit. Like that's just who they are and you kind of like fall in love with that kind of, that rawness of it. Mm-hmm. And like he pulls out like was a bottle of vodka or something. It looks like it, yeah. It was a clear bottle of liquor. Yeah, and starts screaming and going It's just really nice to see him as an actor like really just unravel all that pain. And you're just like, oh, you're stressing me out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so good. It's and the like, wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that was another thing. I think that's actually the most colorful or like at least I would say in the whole film, I feel like it's one of the more comf- like colorful scenes. In right, terms it was of like, so, it was very vibrant. Yeah, compared to like everything compared else, compared to like everything black. that was falling down, falling apart. He was the blackness in yeah. that scene. Yeah, yeah, he was the darkness, and everything else was like somewhat had like life to it. Yeah, the wallpaper was this kind of like sunburst images. Yeah, it was like kind of his Mandy in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> just to give you some context about this movie, uh, th- it does deal with a center point where it's kind of like a big spoiler, but I won't mention it. So eventually, basically what happens is that uh, these people uh, intrude their uh, home, invade their home, and something happens to where Nicolas Cage has to go on this kind of night-long journey to accomplish something. I don't want to say the word because I think it would give it away. But he has to go fight these, uh, I guess, t- creatures and also these weird cultish-like group. And Children of the New Dawn. That, is that what they're called? Yeah, I oh. love that. I love the introduction. I love that scene that like kind of like introduces who mm-hmm. they are. I think it was just so. That you know scene this, was great. This movie is like the epitome of like everything that is like I, I have. To, I hate to say it because everyone's saying it, but it is metal. Like inherently yeah. through and through this movie. Oh like, yeah, it's like you could tell this dude was like definitely inspired by like metal just like not even just metal but like a particular like, like early like 80s like shrooms. yeah like <laughs> this whole movie is just like someone who's just, just done a lot of drugs right and you definitely get that vibe i it's mean just, it's i mean it's they do drugs in the movie yeah lsd is a very prominent like yeah. thing in the film everything in the well not everything but like they do lsd he does like cocaine, cocaine. which was great scene cigarettes there's a there's a lot of in this movie just like a in uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, where there's a lot of metaphors and a lot of symbolism that possibly I'm not uh, 
You're talking about House of uh, Thousand Corpses. Yes. By uh, Rob Zombie. It kind of reminded me of that in a way for some reason. It does. Uh, it does in a way in, in tone and location, I feel. Uh, and the type of characters. So that's a good comparison. But uh, yeah, f- I enjoyed mo- I enjoyed this movie. A uh, couple things uh, off the bat. The visuals, um, I really dig. Every scene is draped in these different neon lit environments. I like the I like the environment for one where the movie takes place in in this weird Pacific Northwest region. I like their home. It's a very weird kind of like modern esque cabin that has all these like long just weirdly windows. shaped windows, yeah. and their bedroom is kind of just like a giant room just built from windows. And I like that. I like that those little subtle touches that encompasses the entire movie i like that every scene has a different color neon light i like that it takes place solely at night for the most part mm-hmm. uh there's possibly like a day scene but it's still draped in this kind of like um pre-dawn look to it and it's the the saturation is very high I like the look there is this front-end score bit in this movie that i quite enjoy a bit it's kind of sad and it's kind of also uh optimistic at the same time uh i think the the score is probably one of the best things about this movie nicholas cage's performance is pretty much something that i haven't seen from him in a very long time there's a lot of angst to his role there's a lot of uh care to the way he acts and the way he reacts to his current situation and it's very believable it's one of the first roles i've seen in a probably since his earlier 2000 stuff like um a Lord of War adaptation to where like you really buy this character, whereas uh, the stuff that he's been doing is very cheap. And it almost seems like he was self-aware that this movie was going to be something worthy to where like he wanted to put his all in. And I and I strongly think that this is probably one of his best performances in terms of just rawness. And uh, I enjoyed I the movie it, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, I think it was a great um, because just seeing how he is in general in a lot of the movies that I've seen him seen him in he has all this like this this like pent-up energy that he wants to release but he just doesn't have the right, right. platform this was like the good album and this for him. was yeah. the right platform and the right like movie for him to actually give that and uh-huh. i was like yeah this is where you act and do like really release all that crazy shit i also enjoyed that this movie it gives you a lot to uh there's a lot to uh pull from this movie whereas you want to there's one side for me at least where you can uh, you can also interpret it as in it's an imagination of somebody. It's also a nightmare. It feels like a nightmare, but it also at the same time feels like it's just in somebody's head. Like these yeah. events, this world, these characters—they don't really exist. It's so yeah, it's so metaphoric in a way. Right. Like it could all be. It could also just be like uh, somebody's fucking tr- bad trip. Right. Yeah. It's kind of because it. You know, it's implied with the LSD that mm-hmm. they do in the movie. It could all be just him and his girlfriend, in a way, doing drugs together. Could and be. Yeah, you know, that could be like it's very metaphorical. I, 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 uh, I guess I can jump in. Uh, as some of you might know, uh, I wasn't maybe the biggest fan of Beyond the Black Rainbow. I did give it. Uh, I'm pretty sure like a heavy, like heavy 2.5 or something. Uh, there was a Visually, I thought it was a very striking film. I just thought it was way too slowly paced, and I think that that nothing really, for me, evoked any emotion. But uh, after watching this, I feel like he has finally come to form, and like he has learned. 
or maybe he's just improved on what he's already done from his last film in terms of storytelling. Uh, it follows the same structure. So if you watch Beyond the Black Rainbow and you watch this, it's very slow film in the first like the first half of the film is very slow. It takes its time. It gives you it builds this world and you know what it makes it believable. And it does the same thing uh, in this film where it's just it, you believe that this thing it kind of exists, it encapsulates it. Uh, I can see that he gets uh, inspiration from like a lot of maybe like heavy like 80s paranoia films at the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you know, those dire fucking sci-fi movies you watch. Right. Yeah. Or it's like maybe some um, some Grindhouse shit. Yeah, exactly. Grindhouse is a great, yeah, it's also another like great. Also like a video game too. Yeah, I can see that I was actually too. thinking that there's some scenes in the ending right. where I'm like, okay, this feels like a video game where mm-hmm. he has to like defeat these layers of like characters right. to get to someone. That's how I felt too. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. I can see all these influences and in these that, that really like kind of form the story. But I think honestly, his style is inherently the same. So now after watching Beyond the Black Rainbow, understanding how he directs and how he creates and watching this is such a good, it makes me kind of appreciate Beyond the Black Rainbow a little bit more in terms of storytelling. And I kind of want to revisit it now and, uh, and uh, maybe give it a second chance. Uh, maybe I was a little bit too critical on it. And maybe I shouldn't watch it during a party. <laughs> uh, there are some things that, I mean, like, obviously I was, like, questioning hardcore while I was watching the movie that I just felt like this doesn't really make sense. But then I was like, this whole movie doesn't really make sense. There's, I think I think it's a suspension of disbelief. And like I said before, it, I think it really is. It, it's, it, it is paying homage to, like, mm-hmm. these particular kind of films that were released back in the day right. where, where, you know, you don't really question it because it, right. as, as so you as I you notice I'm questioning the, but I didn't the world, want to question it I wanted to just accept it also yeah as the world as you notice when you're watching the film if you watch outside of like the characters like like instead of focusing on the character you look outside the world right. it seems very like secluded and it right. seems very yeah. like like insular in terms of like but I did, where he is I didn't like the costumes because that's very I think a very important beautiful thing in in movies when they do costumes correctly with horrific characters like i really appreciate that and Mm -hmm. the three kind of almost demonic creature characters that come out of the The forest on the freaking what are those called atvs those quads those four (laughs) they were like uh what what did they use to summon them the the horn of ocarina okay yeah basically they just use this horn to summon these like creatures of time they called them but but that's that's so interesting about the film it just has these weird like little details that just works it was absolutely psychotic but but you're okay with it i'm totally okay with it um and like i said before the costumes were so cool i mean they were just it was very like the voices were creepy but like just the costumes were just intricate like the nails and then like the 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 hands and the claws and the weapons or whatever and the guy with the penis sword yeah yeah. that was great um two movies i've seen this week with the guy with the penis sword interesting no what's the other one seven okay so on that note i want to go back to Yes, the the visuals are amazing. I think the editing is spectacular. I think the audio is incredible. The sound mixing. Um, we have some really good fight scenes from Nicolas Cage. But I want to go back to his performance. Just because the guy, 
plainly put, the guy's been doing shit movies over the last decade or so. The guy needs money. Right. <laughs> and Actors I, eat, I think, I, I personally believe this is one of his best roles since uh, Bad Lieutenant, which was a really good movie as well. Um, but I think that there's a lot of compassion in his character that I haven't seen in a very long time. In the first 20 minutes or so, we get him as this character who's very much in love, but also kind of sad and weary of his life and kind of wants change and wants to break this mundane. From what I understand, he's kind of like a logger or some shit like that. Yeah. And he he's in this, what seems to be a seemingly like pleasant life, but he also seems that he longs for more or he kind of feels guilty that him and his uh, wife don't have a very exciting life. And I bought that from him. And it's uh, it's interesting that uh, you're able to get this from this guy, an actor, who's been in all these shit fucking movies. Um, so yeah, I think this is probably one of his best roles that I've seen. Yeah, I think I think you guys said it best in terms of like, if given the right platform and given the right director and understanding who Nick Cage is, I think you get something really interesting out of him. Yeah. It just, it really depends. Like, you know, I, I think they hammed it up. Like, they were like, hey, we want you to over... He has a tendency of overacting, let's be honest. But I think it inherently works for this film because of what it is and what it's paying homage mm-hmm. to. Uh, and like I said before, it's just, it's it's hypnotic. This movie is very... That's the one thing I noticed from the very beginning. It's just like, it kind of reels you in and... You know, when I found out this movie is two hours, I was like, oh, man, two hours? Like, it sounds like you wouldn't think that would keep you interested. There are so many things. But I, that it flew by, like, so yeah. quickly. And, and I wanted it, more a little bit. It was long, but there's... And it was funny, because when I'm, like, thinking... I didn't, I completely forgot how long the movie was. And thinking back to it, I'm like, man, um, there were so many unnecessary things thrown into this film that really didn't need to be there, but I don't really mind them being there. Or, like, things that, like, happens, like how... First off, the the creatures getting her was so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. When you think about it, it's just like, why were they needed? But it, why were they needed? And then like the tiger, and there's just so many things that were just like, oh, I love that. L- like, I love that LSD scene where he's like in that room and he's just like, you're right, man. And he lets the th- <laughs> like, oh man, I don't want to ruin it, but it's just so fucking yeah. good. Like, no, I was, but like, I'm just dig yeah, it. it's stuff like all those things that are, you know, you think about like not really in general like movies tend to i guess lack because they don't really need it when it's like this kind of movie it really makes it what it is all these wacky unnecessary things that put together and make it such a fantastical horrific majestic thing it's kind of like a like an like a old school anime movie where it's like crazy you know yeah there's a lot of elements going on and honestly like if I'm going to be straightforward with someone and they ask me, someone who doesn't watch cinema, who doesn't like appreciate it or like try, like I wouldn't recommend this movie just like a regular Joe Schmo, but like someone who has it, who has the patience and understands cinema, I can definitely just easily recommend this movie. I just, it's, it's a jarring film because I know that not everyone it's would understand watching, it. It's period. Like even if you decide you didn't like it exactly. overall, if you like honestly, movies, yeah. it's still, I feel like will leave you with something. It's so creative. Like it's someone, you seeing a director just be truly creative and creating again, like I said before, and my favorite part of this film is that, that world that he encapsulates. He did the same thing with Beyond the Back Rainbow. Like it's his weird, hyper, like sci-fi world mm-hmm. in Beyond the Black Rainbow and it's like very, it feels very uh like, oppressive the mm-hmm. whole time in the film like you just feel uncomfortable 
And again with this, like he, he translates it in a weird like heavy metal fantasy kind of way, like like a hero's journey, and it, it works. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think um, that's the best part of this film. He just does a really good job world building with these characters and like the, the conflicts that they go through. Mm-hmm. Um I do like like you said, I do I feel like this movie will do really good with the um his name escapes me, who does um Green Room. Uh yeah. And uh your boy. Why is, why am I uh I can't remember. Sauvignon? Uh, Sauvignon? Sauvignon. Why the <laughs> fuck are we Cabernet Sauvignon? Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good wine. It's a good wine. Um, but yeah, oh, I man. feel like this will do really good. Uh, not just because it takes place in the same environment, but it does have that dark undertone to it with like very heavy-handed uh, touch with music. And it does have this very nauseating, claustrophobic tone to the film. That I enjoy. I like movies that puts me in a situation that I feel very uncomfortable. And this movie did that. Um, but yeah, overall, I really, I really dig this movie. And I think people, what's that, Steve? I, like we butcher that. I butcher that name. Like it's Jeremy uh, Saunier. Sauvignon. Sauvignon. I was trying to add like inflection when I didn't need to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, you guys want to drop some ratings here, or what? Is there anything else you guys? Uh, there's one I more thing. That, I think this uh, movie has a lot of things that should go unsaid. I think people should, uh, listeners should go. If you are going to check it out, should go. Please, very if you unaware love, what the fuck's going on. If you love films, there's I think you should watch really, both his movies. Really, it would be really hard to give everything away with this movie because there's so much going. On. It's a lot yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. I would honestly, I would recommend this movie if you watch both his films. Watch Beyond the Black Rainbow first. I kn- it's a little tricky I to watch. I didn't watch any, and I'm like so happy. I'm pretty sure you watched watch. Beyond the Black Rainbow with me. But I, I think it, it gives it appreciation. I think that's why. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think you should watch it. If he's two for two right now, and it's making me want to rewatch. I'm excited to see something else. He okay, does. Emily, Beyond the Black Rainbow is the movie where this uh, this guy um, traps or he kind of uh, kidnaps this uh, girl, and it's uh, she basically has these powers that he's trying to trying to harvest. I suppose. There's a scene where she's trying to escape, and he uh, wears like a wig. Does any of this ring a bell? Um, she's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I fell asleep on it. Maybe. But, uh, uh, real quick, I was gonna say, uh, how did you guys feel about the Cheddar Goblin? Was that the most horrifying oh thing you've God, ever seen Goblin, in your life? I loved it. I, I, I like that he took time to watch it. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. Because it because just it adds was, the story. Dude, yes. No, I mean, I really appreciate... Uh, first off, I really like when movies make their own like commercials for TV. Like when they make... Whether it's like comedic or whatever the case, when the actor's looking at the television and they're seeing something that's you know none of us has ever seen and it's not like a movie or whatever like a regular commercial like it's something that they created for him to watch and it's just like it's so funny and cool (laughs) this honestly cheddar goblin if yeah i think honestly that's the most horrifying thing in the whole film for me and it was so funny because when you think back to like classic commercial kid commercials it's like a lot of it was just ridiculous (laughs) but the thing was i love that at first you're thinking like oh it's so like ancillary you're just like oh whatever and then it keeps playing, and it just gets crazier. And you're like, "What the? Yeah." And then fuck? they like stay on him, yes. and like they zoom in. I'm like, "Dude, this is the creepiest kid commercial ever that you can." Yeah, and honestly, that's just fucking guy's mind. Panos is mind. Yeah, I mean, honestly, fucking mind. Yeah, you should. Uh, and he's like the Cheddar Goblin. Do you guys remember? <laughs> all right, so there was this huge viral thing that came out uh, maybe a year ago 
Uh, too many cooks. Adult Swim released it. No. All right. When you who if, if you're listening or especially you guys go online and just type in Too Many Cooks on YouTube and watch it. And this apparently this is the same person who directed. They got him to direct this like weird commercial. I'm looking at pictures. Of it yeah, it it's insane. Uh, anyway, uh, I like I said before, I couldn't recommend this to. Uh, regular Joe Schmo down the street. If you're not into film like that, like very art house, very just like out there, it, it will be hard for me to tell you to go see this right away, uh, or even spend money on it, just because you know it's it's a it's a risk. Uh, whether you're gonna love it or hate it, it's very polarizing film. But if you enjoy film or you want to take a risk, I say check out both his films, Beyond the Black Rainbow, and uh, this film. I I would have to say give it a four out of five. I really fucking nice, dug nice, it. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Emily? Um, I would say if you're into kooky, wacky movies, like psychedelic trip, metal. horrific metal, gore, not really that much gore, blood, <laughs> drugs. Because I love, I actually really do enjoy seeing drugs in movies, especially mixed with blood and like horror. Definitely see this movie. I mean, I don't even care if you like you're like oh this isn't the best. There's no way this movie is going to stick with you forever. Like it's going to leave an imprint. Um, and I actually ha- I definitely rated it four out of five as well. It's same rating. Nice. I would also give it a heavy, heavy <laughs> four out of five. <laughs> All around four out of five. Damn, it's been a while since we had that. Really. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I think in the last couple of things have been pretty polarizing. Yeah, I would agree. Oh yeah, last week you were pretty hot on the Predator. And, yeah, enjoyed uh, a lot. The Predator. <laughs> to, because I've been saying it wrong this whole time. That was a fun movie. Yeah, Predator. But uh, you guys want to move on? Pick a movie for next week. Uh, I, I think we all. I think we all know what we're watching. What is that? Uh, Hold the Dark. The fuck is that? Uh, Jeremy uh, Saulnier's new movie. Like, come on, man! I've never heard about this movie. And I don't see it on my list, so and that means on, it's not a big release. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix oh, okay. release. I was gonna, I was gonna put out there, uh, the old man and the guns getting a wide release. We and can, we can that do that looks well. really good. We can do that. It's your boy, uh, your one of your favorite films last year, Ghost Story. That same director. Yes, sir. And uh, this movie's getting a lot of talk and a lot of buzz. So I think it'll be really good. I think it'll be a good theater release. Back to theater releases. But we can also check out that if you want to do that. Uh, do I mean, a double review, just me and you. Uh, I'm down. I mean, regardless, I, I'm going to see both. Oh, okay. I'm going to try to see both. Uh, hopefully. I think Thomas <laughs> and Harvey were both into the old man and gun as well. So they should be happy with that pick. Yeah. Emily, you're into that? Yeah, sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> she, do like, you yeah. know what it is? <laughs> it's Robert Redford nah. being old. <laughs> it's, we saw the tra- I think you saw the trailer where he's uh, basically a crook. He's been on the run his whole life. There's yeah. a scene where he robs a bank and he's like being chased by a car. She's like, "Yeah, I know what you talk about. Not really." <laughs> Sounds good. I'm all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest right now. I'm kind of nervous for this film, uh, "Hold the Dark," just because uh, it's being released by Netflix and it stars Alexander Skarsgård. And the last film Netflix release that I watched with Alexander Skarsgård was uh, "Mute." So I'm a little nervous, but uh, cross oh, fingers. Oh wait, is that the guy who works in True Blood? Yeah, the the tall Viking guy. Yes, I think I do remember now. I remember. Uh, All so, right. Yeah, sounds good. I'll check it out too. Why not? But uh, so yeah, let's do uh, Old Man and the Gun. I think that'll be a fun watch. 
And uh, you guys want to move along? Yeah. Yeah? Or no? You want to end the shit here and go home? Oh, wait. <laughs> wasn't I supposed to choose a movie for you, someone? No, else? we're going to do it at the end. Yeah, at then the we'll end. We'll, we'll, Steve end. and I will roll, and you'll pick a movie for us to watch. Oh, okay. The loser. You pick the loser. I'm ready. Really? Well, you're the first person on the show to ever be ready with the movie. Most of us are scrambling. Okay, so like I said, uh, let's not do a traditional topic. I wanted to get, pretty much give you guys some couple things that's been happening in the news and film. I'm closing my laptop. The I'm just going to go in blind. weeks or so and just get your general opinion. So the first thing here, this is not new news, but it's been a pretty controversial thing in the film industry within Ooh. the last four weeks or so. Okay. And I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Johnny Depp's been in the news once again. Really? Yeah, he's been in the news. So <laughs> I read an article. I didn't think he was that relevant anymore. <laughs> so uh, you do? Are you aware of that movie that he had coming out, City of Lies? The uh, basically who killed Big, Biggie Smalls movie? No. So he was doing this movie with I believe Brad Furman, who's known for like The Lincoln Lawyer, uh, who uh, was doing this movie. Basically, Johnny Depp plays a, a detective who's trying to solve who killed Biggie Smalls. Okay. And the movie actually got pulled by the studio. They're not releasing it. was supposed oh, to be released this month, I believe. What, what happened? Or actually, no. It was supposed to be released the end of last month. So it got pulled from the, the showtimes. They don't have any um, new release dates. It's just gone. It's just they don't know what the fuck they're going to do with this movie. This movie just but, it's but in why? infinity. It's just up in the air. So basically what happened is Johnny Depp actually got in a scuffle with the location manager on the film. <laughs> And he's in a heated lawsuit uh, currently with this person. Scuffle. So what happened was uh, the location manager um, that he was he was trying to shut down the set because he was trying to follow follow all these uh, Los Angeles laws of like um, workers and shooting at a certain time, and he had to follow these strict rules. Tries to sh- shut down the scene just to follow the policies or whatever it was. Uh, director was like, "Why don't you tell Johnny Depp that he's not gonna like that?" Because they're trying to finish the scene for the night. So, Johnny Depp comes out his trailer, completely fucking hammered. My boy. Yep. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? Do you know who I am? He's, and he's oh, like, he pulls one of those. And this is by like eyewitnesses, by the way, on set. And he's like, I'll give you $100,000 to punch him in the face right now if you fucking mean it. So, and the guy doesn't punch him. Wow. What Johnny Depp punches him in the, the rib. He like sucker punches him in the rib. Meanwhile, scream like, "Do you know who the fuck I am? Like, who the fuck do you think I am?" And he's like completely hammered. Thousand dollars, I am punching. I'm punching you in the fucking face, boy. (laughs) Johnny Depp, what? My guy. So he 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 punches this guy in the face. The studio tries to get the location manager, the guy who he punches, to sign this uh, non-disclosure form that basically states that he won't go to the press and he won't sue Johnny Depp. He didn't sign the form. The studio fires him. Now he's suing Johnny Depp and the studio. He wouldn't have had to if he would have punched him and got the hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, he could have honestly he avoided all fired. of that. Regardless, he would have gotten fired, but he would have gotten a hundred thousand dollars. Maybe I don't know who the fuck. He so, so this is this is super interesting because I think we've always come with. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm I I work at a creative agency and we do I work in the production department. So I I see this on set on occasion where you know you do have these like scuffles with create not even just creative differences but in terms of you know producers dealing with the more creative side where the creative side is like we need to get this done like we are almost there and the producer or whoever is like we need to follow these strict guidelines because it's law if we don't follow these by law we can get in trouble Mm -hmm. 
and I understand both sides of it. You know, I've I've been on like very low end sets where you know you're working ridiculous hours, but you're just trying to be creative and get that process and get that create your art. You know, do what you need to do. Right, and and then you end up kind of like I, a I think Jim one Carrey of the most type of Jim Carrey. Yeah, <laughs> I think one like of the most important <laughs> aspects of the story is that one. Johnny Depp's been in the news in the last few years or so with the Amber Heard stuff, him being aggressive. We've all seen a video of him like fucking throwing wine glasses across the room, her recording him through her, through her laptop. He gets upset, throws the laptop across the room. He has a drinking problem. He has some kind of anger issues. And we're sl- slowly starting to learn that with these anger issues, he has this side to him where he's kind of like arrogant and chauvinistic in a way and just pompous like he screamed to this guy do you know who i am like this guy's just trying to fucking do his job well hasn't first off johnny depp is also a known abuser like he he physically like beats Uh, yeah (laughs) but the thing is he he, okay there's one side of him where the public knows him is he's done all these fucking roles he's known as a great actor yes but he's also like kind of like a douche kind of a dick (laughs) yeah but all right this is the issue though this is the one thing i'm noticing that no one's actually looking at so the, obviously, the location manager didn't go tour. He didn't go to Johnny Depp initially. He went to the, the director. director. Yeah, that's the director's fault. He should have not said that at all. Well, the director was trying to like sway him. Like, listen, like, do you, do you know who we're working with here? It's fucking Johnny Depp. It doesn't matter. Like, regardless of who you are, I would never. If I was a director in that situation, I would never tell a location manager someone who, honestly, at the end of the day. Has though he has a lot of responsibility. He's trying to find. F- he's trying to follow city laws. Yeah, basically. exactly. Like I would never put him in a position where he has to deal with the talent because at the end of the day, you as a director, you're in charge of the talent. Like you, that is your job. You're you're overseeing. Right, but you're also talking about a director, and a lot of the time, a director is a creative as well, and a lot of the time, creatives are like. I don't know. I, I, it's th- like I it's think a, that it's kind of just a. I mean, like naive arrogance. Yeah, yeah, naive arrogance and kind of just a power trip. That's crazy because, like, I would never. I don't know. That's like bonkers you, to you me. You say that until you start making that that money. Like you're like the shit. One thing <laughs> I've always yeah. told myself: no I matter where I get in life, I'm always going to try to be a good you, person. You're going to try to be. A good, I mean, I don't know. I'm. I mean, I'm a bitch now. I might be. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just my might be shitty ever like always. No, I just find it I just find it weird like it's just like I w- yeah, No, it definitely sucks. It's like you yeah, know? you're putting someone it's like me being a PA like and, on and a like, set and you like your shit. And like I'm used to like you always no matter what doing PA work like sometimes you have cool jobs and people are awesome but then sometimes you have the positions where you're just being kind of treated like shit. But imagine like a director's like he's like you're like asking something and the director's like, "Oh, go talk to them." And it's just like uh, this is not my I have no say like why would you make me talk to like someone who is definitely like in a different position than me like I'm completely separate from this like whole thing even if it's not an actor or someone else it's I mean like, a lot it's, of the like, time weird. so the thing is with people like this who are in these positions and I'm, I'm saying like the actor the like high end actor and director is that they're used to people doing what they want and making them feel comfortable, especially when you're already at that status. Yeah. So when you don't get that comfort, it's you don't really get respect when you're at that level, when you're yeah. like just an assistant or someone who's... We're you know, also, we're also forgetting to mention that he was inebriated. So he's at this kind of like state in, in mentality where he's like, okay, I'm one well, that, of the that's biggest known actors in the world. Right. Who's this fucking... 
asshole in his mind, telling yeah. me what the fuck to do. I just, I just think that there was a lot of things that went wrong on that set. But the, but the, fact, the, the fact person who's physical. in the right is the person I mean, doing honestly, the job. The alcohol really just lets it out. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that he got physical, which tells you that this he is a physical person. Yeah. Like he tries to resort his issues by. I being... I mean, did, uh, did it take him hitting another man for you to realize he's physical? <laughs> no, it's not that. I'm just saying, like that's what the world knows. Yeah. But then there's also side note. There's also a quote by him from like the mid '90s or something like mid-90s? that, Damn. where he's saying like. Uh, franchises are not for me. If I if you ever find me doing a franchise, just fucking shoot me. This guy's done the Pirates, Pirates movies, movies, of course. Yeah. My boy, you've been doing the Pirates the movies for ten movie years history. now. So Love look it. at he's a, he's a completely different person. Like it just shows you like. Is it money or just something that lies beneath who you are? I think it's like something that lies beneath and then money just probably doesn't help any of that situation. Right. When you have like the access to spend as much as you can and do whatever you kind of want in a way, probably doesn't help whatever lies beneath. He, he's had a weird shifting. There's like this uh, article that I read that was like kind of analyzing his career. He had, he's had a weird career where he's like done. He started his career doing all these indie projects uh, with Tim Burton. Um He's like Dead Man with fucking Jim Jarmusch and all these fucking movies. And then he started going to these weird mainstream regions of his life to where like he really became like a household name. And where he started his career, knowingly only wanted to be in those type of films. Those like indie kind of like realm budget, small budget films. I, I think once money comes into play, all some people... Morals go out the fucking window. Yeah, probably. And that's what happened to this guy. But anyways, he's still. I, th- I, I, I still feel- think he's a good actor. Pro- obviously, not a great person. We don't know these fucking guys, but just from the stories that we've seen, I mean, we feel. Doesn't seem like he's a good guy. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think the line producer isn't, or not line producer. I'm sorry, location, uh, location manager. manager is in the right. He should not got punched while he was trying to do his job. Exactly. So fuck that. Yeah. And uh, I think certain people just need to turn yeah, on the ego. Yeah, I feel like he still deserves a hundred thousand dollars. Well, he's punched. probably gonna get a lot of money. He's gonna get a lot more now. And you know what? And he deserves all. Like of it. this fucking movie. Actually, <laughs> that movie. This movie might not never be released. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Which is whatever. All right. So the next thing I got on I my list there, Steve, you might be happy for this. Ooh. Um, your boy, um, Coogler. Uh, yeah. And uh, James. Uh, LeBron James is doing a Space Jam too. Space Jam movie. Okay, it's, I actually had a conversation with people at work, and uh, this is actually great. This that, is a weird, weird it, fucking. It's reboot. weird, right? Yeah, because uh, we all went out to Were lunch. Were we asking for this movie? <laughs> no one's asking. Only people who want to just be nostalgic are asking for this movie. So I was at I was at lunch with some coworkers, and we went to go eat, and that was a conversation that brought up. It's like, oh, how do you feel about Coogler uh, uh, producing the next uh, Space Jam two? And I'm like, who the f- fuck wants to see this like like that's the question i ask like he might be producing it right but like he has he might have like a little bit of creative like control in terms of like what's going to be the final product i guess but it's still up to the director and writers and if it's anything else that's been coming out of hollywood as of late with big stars uh being lebron james even though he's not an actor he's still a huge star and a household name and you're it's just like you're revitalizing like an old looney tunes like if you go up to any fucking kid right now and ask them who the looney tunes are they'll be like who what if you show them like an old looney tunes cartoon they're gonna be like completely lost i'm like this is funny i'm like yeah this horrible remake of the looney tunes back in action yeah so bad that's what i'm saying like it's just like it just seems weird i think it's just playing on nostalgic 
it's all playing nostalgia. And I think at this point, I think we're at peak nostalgia. I think we've just got to the point where it's just like, give us something new. You know, Space Jam, like if it was Space Jam 2 back in the 90s or like early aughts, I would have been okay with it. But since it's like Space Jam now, like it's just, you know what it's going to be filled with, right? It's going to be filled with LeBron making really bad jokes. It's going to be filled with like a lot of topical references like Twitter and Instagram I'm so and hashtags over the like, whole throwing media Christ. Like, into new care. kid movies now. It's just it's not that like I get it's relevant. Twitch. I, I, I don't know. I'm old. Maybe I'm it's just old. It's so corny to me. It is. So no, you're not the only one. I find it so corny it's and not, lazy. I think this movie's gonna be pretty bad. It's Aww. gonna be bad. Like I know it's gonna be bad. And, and you know what? Like Ryan Coogler, all respect to him. I think he he's you know Fruitvale Station's amazing. Uh, you know uh, Creed, amazing. Uh, Black Panther, good film, not his best. Let's be honest. It's it's honestly, if I have to pick, Fruitvale's my favorite film by him. Of just emotional content and story, uh, but just have his name as a producer. What does that mean, like realistically, for anyone? I have no fucking idea. He's just gonna be calling shots for like uh, all the people who are doing the job, like the director, the actors, uh, getting the project moving, trying to get the budget that they need, trying to get it on time to be released. All that bullshit. Yeah, it's Basically a lot. It's just a lot. Of, that, a job. A, it's a job. It's a lot of work that goes into producing. No shame against it, but like. He's probably thinking of, prob- of other projects that are in the works as well. It's not like this is like his main only focus. And I don't know. I, I, I just don't have high hopes for it. And I probably, maybe I'll eat my words in like a year. Like, no, the only thing that I'm, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I mean, it's not as old, but f- for something that just always, like I always watch is every time you say, if there's a new Harry Potter movie, I'm like, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> because I love Harry Potter world, and I always want to dive back into the world. But Space Jam is not a world I need to dive back into. I feel like no one asked for this, but yeah, like it's just people were just trying to be nostalgic. Like, remember? I'm like, yeah, I, it's remember. Like, I remember. And it was like it wasn't that great. If you rewatch Looney Tunes now, it's or like Space Jam now, Looney Tunes, yeah. the old cartoon, funny. Like, trust me, that shit's great. Tom and Jerry, fucking funny. Like that shit's great. Yeah. But like. If you watch Space Jam now, you're going to be like, man, this movie's corny as fuck. Yeah. CGI, horrible. Like, corny as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think people are just like at peak nostalgia, and I think they're trying to capitalize on a market. Yeah. And Coogler is a, a household name that people trust now, I think, with like his small indie projects and now mm-hmm. with Black Panther. And he's not done a bad film yet. And I don't and think it's going to happen it's for a while. Just, yeah. Because, it's because so- he's such a great director. It's like, I mean, like, it's really never ending, to be honest. it's it, I feel like this is something that's just, like, always going to repeat itself. Like, people are constantly going to be re- remaking movies that we don't care to be remade. And it's just because they're trying to, I don't know if it's just a money thing. Like, they're just trying to, like, bring in the money and, like, oh, let's be nostalgic and try to bring this back. It'll be su- such a good, no, it's not a good idea. Stop. <laughs> stop. Please, stop. Stop right All right, now. so we got a couple more things here. And yeah, then yeah. We can move along. Uh, this is for you again, Steve. Oh, um, I feel so special today. We have a reboot of Child's Play. Well, so, that's not really for me. <laughs> I know how you are. You're afraid of clowns. Have you actually even seen the full movie, Child's Play? Uh, I've never seen Child's Play, any of them. Uh, so if you don't know, I'm afraid of clowns and also dolls. It's a weird fear. Oh, I was confused. I was like, Child's Play, isn't it? Chucky? <laughs> yeah, so I'm afraid of clowns and dolls. Uh, never watched Child's Play because that's like the worst thing ever. Uh, when I was uh, growing I'm, up, 
yeah. just a little anecdote. When I was growing up, my sister uh, had a doll that would just constantly talk at night. Like, mommy, pick me up. And I was just like, I know all the fuck. About, that yeah. shit's terrifying. So I just, that shit never vibed with this me. This one's going to be directed by an origin director by the name of uh, Lars Kleiberg. It's actually written by a video game writer who's done uh, Tyler Burton Smith, who did Sleeping Dogs and Quantum Break. I don't know what these are. Uh, I know what both of those are. Sleeping Dogs is a is an homage to uh, Hong Kong cop uh, cop thrillers. Like it's a really actually it's a really cool game. So like it's it's a fun game. I think the story is solid. You know Quantum Break. Uh, Quantum Break is actually uh, the same people who released Alan Wake. Uh, oh okay. Uh, so they took story in hand, like the story is like for, first and foremost for them. Uh, I haven't played it, but you know I heard mixed reviews. So it's interesting. We have a video game writer and a director who's this is his first feature, which is interesting. It's episodic, so I feel like I think he I think he could translate for a video game writer because this mm-hmm. Quantum Break was very episodic. It did like episode one, two, and three, like Alan Wake. Oh, okay. So I feel like it might he might be able to translate very well to film. All right, so we or got transition. that. We also got some first set photos, or not set photos, some uh, some portrait photos of the the Joker look of Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I saw that. What thoughts? Oh my god! All right, uh, all are right. you guys Emily, excited? Apparently, she, she's like she's pumped. All right, you, you I'm jump in. I'm so excited. I just love Joaquin Phoenix, and I'm so excited. I mean, he also has just I think the Doesn't facial structure for it and just talking about like his physical features and um you know i saw like i'm pretty sure everyone pretty much saw like the photos some of the photos they released uh of him as the joker he looks like he lost a lot of weight for the role he looks like he's he's done some drugs and he looks like he's he's slimmed down a bit i also learned that he smokes like two packs a day jesus christ cigarettes that can't be good for your teeth, but it could also be good for the Joker. Yeah, character. Um, <laughs> Get into that role. I don't know if the Joker has a raspy voice, though. This one could. He could. I mean, I'm really, really excited for this. Um, I mean, obviously, I love Heath Ledger's Joker. That's my one of my favorites. My favorite Joker, period. He, cap- he encapsulated like the yeah. jer- Joker in a really like realistic way. Like It right. made sense. But I'm so excited for Joaquin Phoenix's like, take on the Joker. It just looks like they're going in a completely different direction with it entirely even with the makeup of the, the tone. makeup and everything the tone just mm-hmm. the drama that he brings as an actor is going to be very intriguing yeah. i mean i just love him in what's the movie that we saw um it's a very long title you're never really here the, yeah you were never mm. really here it's a great film it's, one of my favorites it's so good yeah, uh, I, I agree with everything you're saying so far. I'm just so concerned about DC and what they're doing. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be so, so concerned if DC was just like, didn't do any of their extended universe bullshit. If they mm-hmm. were just like releasing these like one-off little interesting stories. Because those are actually one of my favorite comic book stories is when you have like these one-offs. Right, when you're actually diving diving into the character and you... You yeah. get time to get to know that yeah. villain, that hero, that one, you know, character. And you can, and then eventually, if you then you bring them together, whatever, then like, okay. At I, least I we have that story. Yeah. And we're like, you know, it's not, that's not important for me either. It's really these one, like the movie just about this one character. Yeah, those are, I don't think, I mean, I think Sean's mentioned it, but you're uh, on the show, but you're pretty, pretty much a comic book nerd, uh, or you read a lot of comics as much as, 
I think you read more than I do. Oh, yeah, I mean we've we've had this comic book discussion in yeah, the past. Yeah. Uh, we, like shared comic books. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. And uh, what what I'm getting the vibe from from these like stills that we're getting on set is a little bit of not inherently killing joke, but we're getting more of uh, in terms of how the story is going to be structured. I feel like it really is going to be very focused on who the Joker is, and that's what the Killing Joke was. And I think that's what the cartoon adaptation. I don't know if you saw it did wrong where it tries to add all these elements where it just wasn't necessary. Yeah. Like add these extra little side stories where you just need to focus on the main story, the main character. Like what do you what are your what are your thoughts on it being directed by Todd Phillips who comes from like a background in comedy, comedy and like kind of like these like grounded, absurd humor. I think, I think it could work just because that again, it, it is grounded humor. And I think that's what is very important. Mm-hmm. We need to get those elements. And I think from what I've seen on this, the, sh- the stills, it looks a little interesting. And I like, like you said before, the makeup. The makeup. I think it's it going to be a very like, different movie. And I think that will work for, in DC's favor. Just because it's not being directed by somebody who has like, a very established style. Uh, I think DC is also trying to pull from the comedy world. Just like they did with Taika Waititi. Like Watiti. Marvel did with uh, Taika. And Thor, I think it's going to go with this Thor kind of comedic, but also dark at the same time. I just, I just think I don't really know what to expect. To be yeah, I, I, yeah, all I know is I'm actually excited for this movie. To be honest, yeah. I, I will watch this more than anything else that they've been releasing with the extended universe. And, yeah. and honestly, what my real issue is with DC, and at the end of the day, is that you don't get people who read fucking comics. Like that's the truth. Like you don't. Right. The person who's heading any of these projects don't know comics or gets excited about comics and do- and doesn't understand how stupid comics can be sometimes. Like it's ridiculous. You have to just like go with it. And you know, you get these stories that are just like, you know, Batman versus Superman, train wreck, suicide squad, fucking train wreck. You know, a lot of these people don't read the comics or understand and I mean, the characters. Like, even those suicide Oh my god, Suicide Squad was such trash, but like Harley Quinn, she was Haven't such a perfect Harley Quinn, and I she think, worked, huh? She worked. She worked perfect. And if they just did a movie with her, I think we'd all love that. And like, like just if, her as Harley Quinn. I think she should have been the they main are. focus of Suicide, uh, Suicide Squad, and like her relationship with the Joker. I would have like liked that a little bit more. Right. And yeah, honestly, you didn't even need to have him in the story. You could have had him as like this background ancillary he did character. Not, yeah, the, the whole. Because you could have been, you know, she could have been like this person who's traumatized and she talks about this person who did this to her and you never need to see him. You don't. You have all these. He's a scary, imposing figure. Yeah. You have all these ridiculous takes of him just laughing and just being (sighs) so bad. So I think we're all excited. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive. I could talk yeah. about comic books all day. Yeah, me too. Okay, so I just started, I started reading some more stuff on comicsology recently. So do the right comic. Yeah. One, all day. one last thing before we, uh, or one last thing we can move on. Are you guys aware of the new uh, spinoff of uh, Men in Black? No. Chris Hemsworth and uh, Tessa Thompson are playing the new uh, detective agents. So it's a spinoff of Men in Black, not related to the main series of uh, Tom Lee Jones and um, Will Smith. Okay. Thoughts. Uh, directed by F. Gary Gray. F. Gary Gray. What is he? What has he done outside? Shredder yeah. Compton. He did the first Friday. He did Faith of the Furious. Uh, I like. I mean, I like some of those. Okay. <laughs> Shredder Compton. I definitely loved. Uh, I, I thought that was a great, great uh, biopic. Uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, I think it's a weird mix-up of Friday, uh, people. I think it's a. We have Chris Chris Helmsworth. I think who I believe 
to be a good picker of film like I'm films just, that he works on. I just all right. This is my problem. I feel like they might go the traditional Hollywood route, where you know we see like someone who is like. Sh- I don't want them to go the same route as they did before, where it's just you have a straight and narrow guy who follows the rules, and you have someone who's like. I think unorthodox. it's going to be straight comedy. I think every line is going to try to be funny, which could be good, which could be bad. Kind of like in Thor Ragnarok, uh, we go back to that a lot, but because I think that mo- that movie is a good example of every scene being like a punchline. And I think this is what this uh, movie is going to bring. I think the reason it worked for Thor Ragnarok is because we have history with the character. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's a lot of just like this... We we have the first two films with Thor, and he's like building himself as his bravado, like he has this bravado and this ridiculousness to him. And then we get we see Thor Ragnarok, and you see him getting knocked down a couple pegs. So it's like, oh, you you okay? I'm good. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I like. Well, I love okay, Tessa Thompson. so are you guys are are you guys generally fans of Men in Black? Absolutely. Uh, I haven't seen thing, the third fun, movie. Fun fact about me: I don't know if you guys know this. I've seen every Men in Black in theaters. That's not really a fun fact. It's like me saying I've seen it's, every Lord of the Rings in theaters. It's not really a fun fact. You? It's just a fact. Yeah, I have. You've seen everyone, even yeah. the new ones. That is a fun. That's, fact. first of all, The Hobbit's not Lord of the Rings, so that doesn't count. Whatever, you know yeah, what I mean. It's not. Um, but that is actually a fun fact. What you said was a fact. <laughs> I've only seen one of them in theaters, which was Two Towers. Just wait, just wait. I, I'm just wait. Hold up. What? We got a, a more important discussion. You never seen Return of the King in theaters? Never saw it in theaters. Ooh, you missed out, man. But I did see King Kong in theaters. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm just trying to say time. I sat through that fucking movie. <laughs> I'm just saying you missed out on like that that miraculous, just that beautiful piece of fucking filmmaking. Uh, um, I God. I might have seen. I think I might have seen one of them in, in theaters. Just wait. You haven't seen them all in theaters. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw like two of them in theaters because my mom was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. How did we get on Lord of the Rings? We're talking about Men in Black. First of all, if we don't get on Lord of the Rings in any episode, I feel like it's a fail. Like we need to get somehow get back to to Men in Black. Okay, Tessa Thompson. I think we're all fans. Crush. Yes. What? I I said fans. Oh, that's what I meant. Crush. (laughs) Crush. Fan. Same thing. Okay. (laughs) She's she's um she's gay, right? I think. Yeah. She's she is gay. I don't know that. Is that does that have to do anything about her character? No, yeah, kind of. My crush. <laughs> okay, um, I think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to be a good movie. I think that I think we will enjoy it. Simply put, I don't. I don't know. I I'm have just, high hopes. I, I just don't care about this franchise. Or Let's these not play this episode back in like a year or whatever comes out, and it's fucking trash. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. She's actually. You've done this. She's by. Oh, she's bi. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. She should go both ways. She might not like you. She may like you. No, she'll she'll like me. <laughs> no, but I think that'd be cool. Like having like a girl and a guy. It'll be fun. I'm sure they're gonna do a lot of like it's a woman jokes and stuff. It's gonna be kind yeah. of corny, probably. We'll see. see, that's the problem. That's it's just like it's just like trying to. It's like an attempt when it to tries, be funny. Yeah. And when it just happens naturally, and I think I think a lot of my sensibilities of what i think is funny sometimes is when you have someone who's getting knocked down a peg or like self-deprecating humor is some of my favorite shit like when a character is just like kind of like a little you know okay comes out itself i don't know i I really don't care about this franchise to be honest okay i'm a big fan of the first and second uh third one not so hot on it um i like the first one i do think there's gonna be some cameos in this movie of course maybe from will maybe from tom lee we'll see but uh i'm on board i'll check it out I heard a fun fact about Will. 
today. What's that? Apparently, uh, so you know this movie Star is Born that's supposed to be coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Apparently, like, Will Smith was originally going to remake it. Like, direct it? Oh, uh, he was going to star in it. He was trying to get this movie made. He wants oh, really? to star in the film with, uh, at first, Daga? with uh, J-Lo. Oh, really? Yeah, back in the early aughts. So, oh. like, like 2000. Wait, you said a, The Star is Born, you said? A Star is Born. Oh, I'm actually excited for that one. I was until I got four fucking trailers. In I'll one check show it out. I think uh, I think the performance from Bradley Cooper is pretty believable. I, I like his raspy voice. Yeah. I'm like, it seems like he seems like a rough and tumble kind of guy. I, we'll see I'm it. a fan of Lady Gaga. I really like her. I kind of I have a little bit of a crush on her in this movie. I was like, just like she seems very like she's mad down to earth kind of. Like, yeah, she seems very cool. down to earth in this in this uh, trailer, but. We'll see. I think I'm she's also okay. she's also bi actually. And I'm just, oh, yeah, she is. That's bi. very important. It is. I'm just a tidbit. All right, I think that's all the news bits we we got in there. We got some good this reactions. This is a fun segment. Guys. We should like we should collect news more often and talk about it. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, full disclosure for the listeners and the other hosts, they weren't too hot on news. I always love talking about like I think news things. is fun because like it's relevant into the world of what we're trying to get into and the world that we're trying to be a part of. Just by the with the podcast in general, um, I think maybe sometimes we can do news bits and just skip topics. It doesn't have to be every episode. Obviously, topics are fun. Yeah, too. maybe every once in a while, if we have a good collection of like news stories and like things that are happening in the yeah. industry, we can talk about it. So, uh, if you guys are interested in that, just let us know. Yeah, if you want us to do some more, it doesn't have to be like a bunch of news. It could just be one topic. If you want to just send us a topic for the week for like a news thing you want a reaction to, just let us know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we can move along. Let's just play the game and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's pretty late. It's like past my bedtime. So Steve and I are going to roll, um, and then Emily's going to pick a movie for the lowest roller. So this is called Get Wrecked, uh, basically it's short for recommended. So the roller of the lowest number... Oh, I guess, Sean, you're watching a movie. Steve just rolled while I was explaining and got on 11. The roller <laughs> of the lowest number has to watch a movie picked by the roll of last week's loser. In this case, it would be Showman, but he's not here since we have a guest. By tradition, the guest has to assign a movie to the lowest role. If I don't get a fucking 12, I lose regardless. So Emily's going to give me a movie that I know she's been trying to give me since we started dating. Wow. Nice. Just like, is it the movie? No, I don't. Maybe. Okay, maybe. here we go. I'm going to roll. I'm going to lose. There's no way I'm going to 11. Where are the if odds? you get a 12, I'm going to be blown away. Yeah, it has to be on the table. It rolled off the table. It's it disqualified. I get a reroll. <laughs> Luckily, if it gets a twelve this time, we'll be really pissed. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna roll on the table this time. It's six, so I lost. Emily, do you already have, do you have a movie queued up? A Dark Crystal. I knew it. She's been trying to give me this <laughs> movie for like crystal. months. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've actually never seen Dark Crystal. Have you? I've never seen Dark Crystal or Labyrinth, so uh, I kind of want to watch these movies anyway. I've never seen Labyrinth either. Oh, we should just You've watch... You've never seen Labyrinth? Oh, my God. Got him. <laughs> You're going to watch both this week, motherfucker. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, so I'm going to watch Dark Crystal. Finally, Emily, you win. Yes. It took the fucking podcast for I you mean, to... we went to the freaking museum. We saw the puppets. <laughs> yeah, Jim Henson's yeah. uh, is pretty dope. It's a good movie to see. I... I, I, you know okay. what? I might watch this with you, or I might watch it as well, just because I've been. Because come over to the watch- apartment. Let's uh, let's all watch it. Let's have I'm a movie down. night. We'll get order some pizza. I'm down. Uh, popcorn. You know what's funny? Uh, this past weekend, after watching Pris's Bride, I was like, it's like I really want to watch like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal because I've never seen them. So it's crazy that she recommended that because I really want to watch those I this love weekend. Both movies. All right, cool. So next week, uh, get a review of Old Man and Gun. The other two guys should be back. Um, Only if Shomo gets taken by a bear. 
yeah, we'll see what happens tomorrow this weekend. Are you guys doing a full weekend or just the one day? Uh, we're doing one night of camping in the woods. So you come back Sunday? Hopefully. Okay. Honestly, right. after watching Mandy, I don't know if I want to hang out in the woods. We'll see. You don't have shit, so you might not survive. You might have to do like 2000... What year is that? Well, somebody would, would have to you... want you first. That's true. So. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe I'll survive then. <laughs> but uh, check us out on social media at Do the Right Film Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Do the Right Film Podcast. I believe one of, if you just Google us, it should come up. But we do have a hub for everything, which is DoTheRightFilm.com. Um, you can send us emails as well. You can send us uh, messages through the website. You could just poke us on Facebook. Send love. Give letters. us the work. Send us some recommendations. Give give us some news bits to talk about. Whatever you want, we'll uh, take requests. And uh, oh, will we? Yeah. Okay. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please go ahead and give us a review. Give us a like, whatever it may be. All that stuff does help us out of it. If you do like our show, let us know. If you don't like our show, don't let us know. Oh, I want to know. <laughs> okay, let us know. We'll shut this shit down. Just let us know. <laughs> one one person, shut it down. Yeah, but uh, that'll do it for me. Toodaloo. What do you say, Steve? Uh, oh, shit, I forgot. We need a catchphrase. There it goes. Love, peace, and chicken Bye-bye. grease.